that right. that was fun. Just go going up in the in the forest and snipping spruce tips for a couple hours and knowing yeah. that that's going to turn into a delicious beer. We just sold Pallers out the garage door. Okay. Yeah. We had a it's table set good. up outside. We called it our adult lemonade stand. We're just like hollering <laughs> at cars drive by. Embracing. Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on-the-road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24-foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. Not to keep going back to 2020. However, that's just kind of how we're going to start this podcast. Well, I think before we go back to 2020, we should first say... Welcome back to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast. Fine. Well, so we... now you know where you're at now. But let's take you back so you don't know where you're at. But you'll know where we're at. We're not in 2020. But we are where we were at in 2020 now. We're there where we were. And now we're here, which was where we were then. And now it's now and we're here. Got right? We are. It, it, it all adds up. Follow the logic. Summer 2020. <laughs> the reason we're talking about that is because that became kind of a little haven for us travelers when everything, you know, the shit hit the fan. And we ended up in between Buena Vista and Salida on this dispersed land. Uh, for those of you that, you know, are looking for places to camp, it's called Raspberry Gulch? Yep. Strawberry Gulch? I get the fruit mixed up. I don't know if I really want to divulge the location. Oh, whatever. It's on Compendium. <laughs> it is. Yeah, Raspberry Gulch. Raspberry Gulch. But it's a great, great place to like boondock. And it's in the, like right at the base of yeah, Mount Antero, which is like one of the 14,000 foot peaks. It's also um, like what? Two, the place we camped is like two miles from one section of the Colorado Trail. Which yeah, actually, I'm going to link to that in the show notes because that story of the Colorado Trail, that time period, our little haven in 2020, and we're getting to our purpose of this, this here totally in a second. Was our but that little haven there, that's when a whole group of us went mountain biking on this section of the Colorado <laughs> Trail. I believe it was segment 14. Do not mountain bike that. Um, I'll put that little video up because <laughs> freaking hell, that was a. Not segment 14. There were hike portions that. of the trail that were great and fun around there, and but that was not one okay, of them. Okay, <laughs> anyhow, we are. Kind of off topic, but not off topic. However, the reason we're bringing up Do this area, yes, is oh, okay. because eventually um, what where we ended up spending a good deal of time when we weren't mountain biking and just hanging out at camp was in Salida. And Salida is what, if you've, you probably know Denver more than Salida, if you don't know Colorado, Salida is about two and a half hours, kind of, what's the direction? Southwest-ish? Mostly west. From Denver? Little, yeah, a little bit southwest, but mostly west. And yeah. We're talking about Salida because one of the first places we, well, obviously the first place we go to visit is breweries. And we came across Trace Litro's Beer Company, um, summer 2020, for all of us to gather. And if you have some patience with us, we actually have Jason and Nick, um, the two gurus and the owners and the co-founders and brewers and all that behind Trace Litro's. They're on our podcast this week, so we're excited to talk to them. But before we get there, we're also excited to just talk Salida because we have been living here um, the past couple months. Yeah, and we, we've we been kind of coming up to the area a little bit before we ever hit the road, but not a whole lot, I don't think. You know, Maybe. I mean, a little here and there, but once we hit the road, we actually started coming here a lot more than the whole 25, 30 years of living in Denver. And, you know, it's funny. There's actually a lot of places in Colorado that we went to more, if not for the first time, 
after we started traveling in the RV. But, yeah. but anyhow, this was one that, yeah, it, like we knew we liked the area and we knew there was good camping here. And so like during the summer of 2020, we had a handful of friends that we just wanted to travel together a little bit for a while. And we ended up here and it really ended up being a pretty darn good summer. And it reminded us how much we like Salida. And so winter we decided to winter 2022. Yeah. Not in the RV actually right now. That's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. Anyhow, winter good. 2022, we we missed snowboarding, and Salida is a great place because you're a half an hour from Monarch Mountain. If you've never heard of that place, it's great. Um, we're like less than a mile from Tres Litros. We're less than mm-hmm. a mile from Soulcraft. And just a little over, what, four or five miles, maybe six miles to to elevation, elevation beer company and hopefully we'll have all of them on our podcast eventually too i know elevation will be coming up mm-hmm. um, and we should have Soulcraft too we're just going to have an entire tour of salida for you guys heck yeah why um, not it's a great it's, little beer town it's for awesome how small it is well it's awesome because i think it's a town of seven thousand people and it's supporting it seems to be fairly well four breweries yeah. one of those breweries is a brew pub it's moonlight pizza um but they make their own beer and they do a pretty good job of it too and they so, make great pizza. Yeah. Definitely worth a stop. But also, okay, so yes, the the mountain, Monarch Mountain for snowboarding and skiing is a half an hour from Salida. And then you also have S Mountain Trails. We talk briefly about this in the podcast too. So S Mountain Trails, you also have... Um, Monarch Crest. Monarch Crest, which is really well known. Buena Vista Trails are just down the road. And then you also have in Salida um, Methodist Mountain. Yeah, Methodist Mountain. That's, and then, thank you, because I couldn't remember the yeah. name of that one. I always forget the name of Methodist Mountain. Really then... If you kept going on 50, mm-hmm. then that brings you over into like Montrose and Ridgeway and 50 there, heading actually. further west. There's so many more mountain biking trails around then too. And if you wanted to keep driving, you can hit up, you know, Durango and Purgatory and like, this is just the entry point. You can just tour point. the entirety of Colorado. This is just no. <laughs> the entry point into like Southwest Colorado. Here's the deal though. I bet you there's a lot of people who are like telling us to shut up, shut up, shh. Don't tell anybody about this place. Because yeah. <laughs> the just secret's like, out, sorry. <laughs> just like everywhere across the country, these small little kind of mountain touristy towns are just getting more and more known and people want out of these big cities and they're trying to find places in these smaller towns. It's getting harder, but they're still so desirable and the people here are Salida and all the little towns we've been in are just mm-hmm. usually so welcoming. So just, you know, if yeah, you decide... Yeah, they are, and they get it because they, you know, their economy thrives off of having people come in, tourists come in and stuff. Yeah. Because it's, when you're a town of 7,000, it's not like you have a lot of business going on that can just self-sustain everything that you need, you know. Right. to You have enough people that you need those things and... At a lot of things, a lot of infrastructure, schools, all kinds of things, but not so much economy that it can self-support without people coming in. And and that makes it fun, too. It's not all bad. It's, you know, you talk about it and there are some negatives to that tourist economy that it and it's just hard. You know, it's hard to plan it out, figure it out. And that's what communities are challenged with is trying to how to plan this thing yeah. so that you get to keep the fun and the coolness of the area. And at the same time, have people come in and spend money here and, you know. Well, okay. so It's a catch-22 You're, you're talking about this, and earlier you mentioned something about how we're not in Rafe, our RV. We're and not. I said that's another story for another time. But honestly, you know what? That is a good time for this story because there are so many ways you can be a tourist or you can be a resident or you can just be passing through. But there's so many ways to travel. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you all know we've been traveling in an RV for the four years this summer. I can't believe that. But when we first thought about coming to Salida to get back on our boards to, you know, ride the mountain on snow instead of the dirt, <laughs> we really wanted to get um, to know the town itself more and not just be in our little RV hidden away. So we Plus just, it is a little cold, so like yeah. we haven't fully wintered hardcore in our RV yet because <laughs> yeah. it is not a four-season RV, trust me. No, but, but I just think <laughs> there's so many ways that you can travel and there's so many ways you can do things, especially if you live the digital nomad lifestyle. In other words, you work, you can work from wherever. But that's what we decided to do is we, you know, Facebook is great for stuff like this. You get on these groups and we found a room to rent and we met wonderful people in this mm-hmm. house that we're at and this room to rent for two months. And so, yeah, there's so many ways to experience a place. It doesn't have to be just coming here for three days or one week or passing through. If you really like a place, stop here, you know, stop, live it, spend the money here, have fun, no, and that, enjoy it. Coming into this, we that's what we wanted to do too. Cause you know, as we've traveled a lot more, we traveled pretty quickly for the first couple of years or so. And, I kind of have enjoyed slowing down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do miss not ha- being in the RV right now and getting to take off if we want to take off in the RV. I mean, we can still do what we want to do. It's the, whatever, but I'm not complaining. It's just different. And But we really wanted to experience Salida a little bit more and feel like we call it kind of being semi-local. Um, but And we have, you know, like, our landlord is really cool and our two roommates are, we have two other roommates too that are really cool. And we like have dinners together and go out together. And, but we've also met a lot of other people from the community too, which is really what we wanted, you know, was to come here and yeah, we get to go to all the breweries we love here. And we knew that was going to be awesome, but we have met a lot of other folks here and made some new friends and stuff like that, that are probably going to be more of those maybe lifetime friends, some of them lifetime friends, some of them maybe not, but, It's still cool. It's really cool. And speaking of friends, we actually had a friend who we met um, through our community of Camp Carpe Diem, which you guys should check that out. C-A-M-P-C-A-R-P-E-D-I-E-M.com. It's the coolest adult like traveling camp ever, um, which is going to be in Asheville, North Carolina this fall, uh, October 2022. Anyhow, we were talking about friends and community and Kim, she came up to meet us and she lives in a small little town outside of Aspen. And we met her actually from the first Camp Carpe Diem in Ure. And so just from that, you know, she drove out to Salida just to hang out. And we didn't know her before Camp Carpe Diem. And that's been the case for several people, maybe not coming to meet with us, but meeting with other people that they've connected with through Camp Carpe Diem. Well, yeah, just like we wanted to find some more community here while exploring Salida and stuff. And we have, like, that's what we've fought, tried to do with Carpe Diem, too. And, it, and I mean, it was really cool last year. I mean, one of the funnest things for me was how many people met during, for the first time in, in that gathering. And then after Camp Carpe Diem, they, everybody kind of headed off traveling again. Some people together, some people not. But then a lot of people who weren't together when they left knew they were going to be somewhat near each other and, like, made a point of meeting up in different places which is really awesome because that's... That was kind of the purpose of that. That's one of my favorite things about living the RV lifestyle for over the last three and a half, four years is like we have met so many people while traveling 
and worked really hard to build a community around us that really anywhere we go, there's community now. But well, that's it's why we did. Cool. That's why we put together Camp Carpe Diem, though, yeah. was so other people could experience some of that community and camaraderie that we've done on the road. And so it's a it's a good base to start that community when you're traveling. I think it's really cool to see how travel expands your bubble and like opens so much more as far as the different people you meet in the community that you build. Yeah, and, and that's why I was saying earlier that travel can be any so many different ways of doing it. It doesn't have to be just a couple days or a week or, you know, it can be two months like what we're doing. And yeah. then that's how it really opens up the opportunities to meet people and not just have them cross your path, but to make a commitment to cross paths again because you became friends. I think more people are having that travel lifestyle bug hit them and realizing that you can do it and you can still, and I'm talking too about like just folks like us that are still working and stuff and, you know, just finding ways to do it while you travel. Yeah. Well, and so that's why, that's exactly what it was though when we first came, well, not when we first came here, but when we first came here after we had moved into the RV, when we first came here with our group of friends during the craziness of summer 2020 mm-hmm. was we when we came and you talked to either Jason or Nick that summer too when they had first opened a few months ago in 2020 and it was just that connection and they're really good beer too like I mean you have to have good beer to have good brewery mm-hmm. but their connection with the two guys and the brewery and the beer and the, the vibe and the atmosphere and the whole town itself like oh, yeah. that's what brought us back again and again and that's ultimately ultimately what led us to talking to them on our podcast and so i think before we like wear out our long welcome and intro to jason and nick from trace litros they get into more about the community as well and why they moved here and it's along mm-hmm. those same lines and they have such a respect for this community um so yeah, we'll let them talk here. yeah they're, so they moved here to to start their brewery yeah so. and so they've the community here has been really welcoming to like both us and the breweries and any kind of new business that starts in as long as you're also respectful of the community too well yeah i think if you make an effort to be part of the community the community is going to make an effort to accept you yeah so maybe we should let jason and nick tell more of their story and we should shut up sounds good to me all right here's jason and nick are you ready are you ready we have our beer so we're ready (laughs) we're here with nick and jason from chase leach's beer company in salida colorado Yay. One of our favorite breweries out of anywhere, honestly, and one of our favorite towns out of anywhere. Yeah, we've brought so many people <laughs> here, and like we've camped out uh, here, and we're happy to be, in air quotes, living here for a couple months, so it's great. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. We're glad to have you here. Glad to have you guys keep coming in. Yay. Heck yeah. So I don't know who ever wants to start. Like, Tell us a little bit about Trace Lichos and where the idea came from and why you guys love beer so much, because opening a brewery is nothing easy. <laughs> yeah, and you guys it's opened at the pivotal perfect Especially moment. during a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's our little COVID baby that we, <laughs> we made together. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just, uh, this little brewery has kind of been in the works for a number of years. It's been in kind of the back of my head for a number of years working at different breweries. Kind of wanted to do something that was um, mostly just taproom based. Um, we wanted to kind of live the mountain life, find a small town, and... Uh, just kind of brew whatever we want and just not let anybody tell us what we're going to do so this is kind of the mold that we found and this is where we're sitting right now and so um jason um has always wanted to go along with this with me so um when we decided to pull the trigger that was like 
2019 when we end actually of, started end of 18 end of 18 when we yeah started formulating the business plan and looking for spots to to um, put the brewery yeah how, how is um salida on your radar were you guys had you guys been coming here prior to looking for a space for your brewery like was this somewhere you knew already and spent time yeah so Nick had lived here. He moved down here to work at Elevation, so he okay. already was very familiar with the area. I had been coming here for years to climb 14ers and to mountain bike and mm -hmm. to play on the river. So I knew that I loved this town too and had visited him here. So yeah, so like we initially um, met up um, when he lived in Boulder, and then we were roommates for a short time in Boulder also um, when okay. I was brewing at Avery. And I felt like all of my days off, I was driving like two, three hours um, to go hiking or fishing where I'm not like shoulder to shoulder with everybody else. Yeah, because everybody's hiking and fishing in Boulder, right? So at one point, I'm like, I'm just going to move two to three hours away and just kind of landed here, found a good job with Elevation. I love those guys. So yeah, it just kind of fit. And then, you know, when we wanted to pull the trigger on this, like we weren't limited to Salida or, or Chafee County. We looked all over Colorado, but... You know, just felt like this fit. It was natural. It was organic. Why go anywhere else? Trace Lichos. Like, where did that name kind of come from? So, tell us the idea behind the name and like why you chose that name. So, Trace Lichos, three liters. Um, it's um, just a reference to the quantity of um, beer that would be provided to like the laborers and, and field hands like throughout the history of beer because it was safer to drink than water. I mean, we all know that idea, but we really just wanted to embrace that. And being here in this kind of mountain community, we wanted, like, we want you to either work hard or play hard and earn your three liters. So, I mean, we want this to be like a, a reward for you to come in here and mm -hmm. drink your beer. Um, like you're earning your turns, whatever turns you're doing, whether it's on S Mountain right here, on right. Monarch or whatever you're doing, you're yeah. literally earning your turns. Well, yeah, because there's plenty of ways to earn your turns around here, man. It's like. Yeah. You've got mountain biking, rafting, paddleboarding, skiing, hiking. I mean, and I'm probably not even tapping into half the stuff that people do around here. Yeah, you hit you hit all the all the major ones, all the big ones. Yeah. Well, what's your, what's your what's your favorite? If you had to pick only one, what would you pick? If I had to pick only one, it would be mountain biking. Okay. But one B would be snowboarding. Um, those are two my two favorite, and luckily they're not in the same season all the time so I can do I can kind of focus on each one there's a couple months of overlap here where you can do both um, yeah and that's and super, super cool that you can like do both on the same day on certain days here yeah oh yeah <clears throat> yeah well and then you have fun events like ski drawing in Leadville and there's right. people mountain biking there during they have some kind of mountain biking race at night oh yeah the fat tire that's part of yeah. the fat tire race yeah so people do really overlap sometimes oh, yeah. Yeah. So what's like? Do you have a favorite trail or anything that you like to do when you're riding, or have you traveled for mountain biking at all? Or um, I've done some traveling, mostly around the state and to Utah and to New Mexico. But I think some of the best trails that are in Colorado are right up on Monarch Crest Mountain mm -hmm. or Monarch Crest. All those descents coming off of there are amazing, and it's awesome to have those for a window of three or four months in the summer. And then the rest of the year, you can ride S Mountain Trails, Methodist Mountain Trails. So we're just in a really good spot. Yeah, BB yeah, Trails BB. are really yeah. good. There's so many yeah. great trails around here. So it's, uh, I don't know, I feel really lucky to be in the middle of all that. And then 
you know, there's great trails in New Mexico that are much closer than they are when I lived in Boulder, and it's easier to get out to Moab and to Fruta from here than it was Boulder, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just right in the epicenter of, like, really great trails. Yeah. I mean, like, 18 Road and Cocopelli out by Fruta mm-hmm. and all that yeah, are really little, fun. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't have to fight all the traffic from Den- the Denver-Boulder area to get yeah, out here. And get to those spots without being <laughs> on crazy. 70. Oh, man. That's nice. Yeah. Yes. How about you, favorite? If you had to pick one sport. Yeah, Nick. Oof, that's tough. Um, I suppose I should say names because, like, people on yeah, the podcast cannot see me pointing. Seen, <laughs> right, yeah. Nick. Yeah, but I'm the, I'm the raspy guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's tough, man. I, uh, I ski, and I love skiing. Um, so... That might be my favorite. Um, I dabble in a little bit of mountain biking, but summertime, I like to, um, I mean, I'll hike peaks, but I love just to hike to an alpine lake and do some fishing. Just mm-hmm. hike, fish, drink beer. It's almost like a Chafee County trifecta right there. <laughs> <laughs> favorite, do you have a favorite fishing spot or anything like that? I can't share my secrets. <laughs> <You can't. laughs> That's like, what's your favorite ski stash? It's like your powder stash up on the mountain. No, you're not giving that up. <laughs> Only unless you bring good beer. That you bring right, the good, yeah. But he makes the good beer, so he's not giving up anything. Anyway. <laughs> Fine then. How about any cool, like, I don't know, you've been doing a decent amount of things, especially with skiing or biking, any favorite scars or, like, <laughs> stories of crashes? Or? I feel like when we first met here, Jason, Ooh. you we were talking about mountain biking. Yeah. And this was... I think it was the summer of 2020 maybe or something, but I feel like you were telling me about something, but you had been off the bike or something for a minute because you crashed. At the spring or before, maybe just or the fall before that, I separated my shoulder. Maybe that's what Monarch it Crest. No, it could have been that. Monarch Crest Trail. I think that was it because you were telling me about, yeah. you because I had, didn't know about Monarch Crest Trail mm-hmm. yet, and you yeah. were telling me about how great a spot that was. Until he separated his shoulder. Until he separated his shoulder. It's still a great spot. It doesn't ruin the spot. I've been back there dozens of times since then. Without separating your shoulder again? Yeah. You got to get back on the horse. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, part of those sports are you get injured sometimes. Oh, yeah. You just try to keep it to a minimum, and hopefully it's not a bad injury that you can recover from quickly. Yeah. So when you guys were looking for a place to to start Trace Lead Throws, did all of that kind of stuff really play into your decision making or did you have to focus on where can we make the brewery work or was it just kind of a both it went hand in hand yeah I mean it all had to make sense for us um, work life balance and everything you know so we, we weighed all the factors and kind of found this was the spot and this was the building so do you have the secret to work life balance now no they opened during COVID no there's no I, mean, I don't care even if they didn't open during COVID. That's true. Like, it doesn't matter. Brewery, you don't have a work-life balance. We have Hopefully. glimpses into it. Yeah. <laughs> we get to play sometimes, but yeah, we're looking forward to that work-life balance getting better in the future. Well, and you take advantage riding your bike all over town, right? Is that your primary mode of transportation around town? Yeah, I mostly get around town on my bike. I deliver kegs to local accounts in a bike trailer really so, yeah, yeah. Try, nice. to, yeah. try to do as much human powered stuff like that as possible no that's cool man i mean i see all kinds of people and like we're here it's like right now it's snowy outside just got done snowing all weekend here and still people are all over. you came in on your bike today yeah. and people are right all over town on their bikes all no matter what the weather here it's 
We had a, it's a mountain. There's only a couple right? days of the year that like the road's too icy to ride, but other yeah. than that, temperature yeah. doesn't matter to people around here. We had a friend who did the same kind of thing. He lived in McCall, Idaho, and had a little brewery that was just <laughs> distribution to the restaurants, right? He didn't have a tap room, but he had his bike. Yeah. And the brewery is now not there anymore, but it's Leaky Fawcett, and he had his kegs like on the name. back of the bike delivering it to the local town. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, same thing. <clears throat> That's totally a mountain town brewery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So have there been any, like, pleasant surprises that you didn't expect moving into Salida that, that have happened since you've been here? Or? I mean, we always had, you know, strived to be um, successful here, but I think just, like, the immediate community embrace and encouragement has been pretty awesome. We were projecting that um, Salida could support another brewery. So we've got Soulcraft, we've got Moonlight Pizza, and then we've got Elevation about five miles away. But, yeah. you know, we think that the projection of, of Salida is going to want to support another brewery, and it was immediate how the town embraced us, and so we're pretty fortunate for that. Well, you guys picked a good spot, too. I mean, you're right in the heart of downtown Salida, which is perfect. And I think probably, I mean, one of the best things, too, is like Soulcraft is still a ways away from you, and Elevation's even further away, which, and, you know, Moonlight's just down around the corner a little bit, but they also are more of a restaurant, more of a brew pub. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, they make craft beer, but you don't get a lot of people going in there just for the brewery experience itself. Right. I'm sure plenty of people go there just to drink too, but <laughs> you know. Plenty of people go to breweries to drink? I'm to saying Moonlight? Moonlight's okay. a little different because it is a restaurant. Yeah. I think first yeah, and foremost is a restaurant. It's great cocktails. There's such a scene here, it's ridiculous. So it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Have you guys noticed an impact of people moving in in the last couple years or not? Or is that just difficult to measure right now because of COVID? Is Because we were just in Leadville and we were talking um, to Two Mile Brewing up there and they were seeing how intense the crowds have been just all of a sudden. And I think yeah. it's because people feel like they're released and they can okay. go somewhere now. So I don't know if that's if you've noticed anything from Yeah, that. we definitely have. Um, I remember um, hearing that uh, it was actually summer 2020, um, Salida recorded um, record sales tax from people coming into town, which you wouldn't think during the first year of the pandemic that would happen. Um, and I think it probably um, jumped up from there last year. And I think that we're probably just gonna still be on that track. But I think mostly like the, the talk around town is it's just like anecdotal. Everybody's talking about the, the outsiders that are moving in and the yeah. tourists that are here where, you know, we have extended spring breaks, we have extended summer breaks where we're getting a lot of tourists. Um, but yeah, we're definitely noticing like the town's changing a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find that, talking about like a work-life balance, it's also find, kind of hard to find that tourist balance because you need the tourism. Yeah, right. oh, for yeah. sure. But if it gets to be too much, it's like how does a little tiny mountain town kind of handle that? Like without the infrastructure well, and the setup, that's Colorado too. problem yep. right there. Yeah. That's yeah. actually a that's a problem like kind of all across the country in these small little tourist towns that we've come across. It's, well, people yeah. come here and they love it. You know, it's a beautiful place to be and spend time. And then, then some of those people start moving here, and it's a you know you can see it around Salida the expansion oh, yeah. out to the outskirts and stuff and. I mean, I'm sure that's a catch twenty two for you guys because it's like it's great for business to have more people and right. coming in, but then it changes the the that work life thing that you came here for a little bit too, you know, as right. it gets more crowded. But you haven't been open long enough, so maybe this question doesn't quite get you yet. But any regrets 
like from opening a brewery or congrats from opening a brewery and maybe that's the wrong word because I can say that there are things I wish I would have done in life but it's not really a regret there's always challenges that pop up yeah you you had a glaring big one obviously that popped right, up which yeah, was yeah. the timing worked out that you've been planning for a long time but then it happened that don't put words in their mouth well the COVID was, don't put words in their okay, mouth okay I'll take that back <laughs> that wasn't a challenge that was easy everybody just <laughs> followed through that right on what Finn said and that'll Fine. be our answer uh, it was actually uh, yeah that would be the, the the one thing that we really focused on like the the one uh, adversity that we had to overcome and it was like so massive for everybody that like we were just like focused like together our team was just focused like we're gonna make this happen and I don't know I think we're we're getting through it now but um, we've definitely tried to be responsible about it tried to be um, you know responsible for our community um, being the new kids on the block we we were gonna follow all the rules no matter what anybody else does or anybody else says um, and we just try to, you know, keep it kind of bare bones around here where it was just us and our small staff kind of taking on all the hours, not trying to like expand to a big team or expand and, you know, overgrow, um, just take it in stride. And I think we're kind of coming out of it now, which is I'm psyched about. Yeah. And we were to, to point out the silver lining in the whole COVID thing, we were a little bit fortunate that we opened after all those restrictions were put in place because we hadn't gotten a chance to staff up big. and We didn't have to lay people off like a ton of breweries around mm -hmm. the country did. And we didn't have to, we didn't have to, you know, shut down ever, you know, we could plan our opening around it and, you know, kind of ramp up our, our business from, from nothing into something but without having to like change everything about how we did stuff you know we were able to pivot but we didn't have to pivot as hard as a lot of other places did right you didn't have a lot of processes in place yet because you you weren't even open yet yeah, so right. it's like they're throwing all these changes you know regular you know everybody was dealing with the changing situation and right. it seemed like it was changing every day right and then so i guess that in a way was kind of a benefit of you guys yeah. opening during like you said right? I mean what are you supposed to do you have these plans to do it and then something comes right. along like this you're just supposed to lay down and die and not right. and like just let your dream just go okay never mind I guess I'm not doing it like, yeah, no so that's like, not what you do we were very close to completion on our, our build out um, when it all started and um, construction in Colorado is considered essential so everybody could still show up to work here as long as we were just following um, all the rules and we got to a point where like everything's done everything's checked off I'm like I, I, I got all this grain yeah it's like no, I, I, start, <laughs> I start grinding it up and do a mash yeah I'm like uh, well let's put some beer in some tanks let's just see what happens and, and go from there and um, you know we're already paying bills paying rent paying everything you know so we're like we're gonna move forward at whatever capacity we can possibly do and so then that first was it just one month one month one month we um, we just sold prowlers out the garage door. Okay. Yeah. We had a That's table set up outside. Good. We called it our adult lemonade stand. We're just like <laughs> all our cars drive by. Embrace it. <laughs> we spent so much money when the shutdown and stuff first happened, like taking to-go beer to try to support the local breweries around yeah. there. Yeah, I think we actually spent more money then than we did when we went to the breweries, normal yeah. times. <laughs> and the funny thing to me during COVID 
and this is not to make judgments of anything or anything it's just an observation but like i am judging one thing i am judging our beer laws in this country but, but like you had all these rules in place that were it was terrible to do this it was so you couldn't do to-go sales all these different things but then during covid it was like okay we gotta they they adapted these rules to keep people in business mm -hmm. And no, you know, it wasn't a horrible thing to have somebody come up and walk away with a beer from your brewery, you know, when they couldn't sit inside, yeah. all of a sudden it's like, nobody was too freaked out by somebody walking down the street with a beer, you know, or yeah. something like that. So yeah. turns out nothing bad happened. It did. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Irresponsible people are going to be irresponsible no matter what, right? right? They can come into your establishment right. now and try to order 20 beers, you know, but hopefully they get cut off before then. But. <laughs> <laughs> But you know those people still exist no matter what you do. <laughs> so Nick, are you the head brewer? Do both you guys brew, or I do all the brewing. You do all the brewing. Yeah. Okay. Where'd that passion come from? When you're uh, like 12 and brewing at home? Wink, wink. <laughs> it's amazing how many stories I hear about wink, that. Wink. Uh, <laughs> Nick is rolling his eyes. Wink, wink. Um, no, I actually didn't start um, home brewing until I was, I think, maybe 22 or 23 or something. I had some buddies that were few years older than me and they were super passionate about it I just um, wanted to go hang out in the garage and drink beers initially and I'm like this is actually really cool um, I um, I got my degree in biology and so I've always kind of had that passion yeah. to, to try to um, do some micro stuff um, didn't I never thought that I would follow the path of brewing when I was in school um, but you know, I worked some different jobs. I, uh, I graduated in 2006 and then um, 2008 kind of everything fell apart like financially, mm -hmm. you know. Right. So I was trying to make money building cell phone towers and doing different construction jobs because that's what was paying me the best at the po that point. And I'm like, it's not what I'm into. Yeah, I was like, were you having fun with that? No, I was <laughs> making money. Um, I mean, I love... I actually really do love doing some construction like we did all the build out in here so like I love doing carpentry um, but that's not what I would have building towers was not my passion so um, at one point I just said fuck it I'm gonna start brewing beer and so uh, sent out a resume to everywhere in a, a number of places in the front range and um, Avery gave me the first interview and I went in there and they said, sorry, we just filled our packaging job, but you want to work in the warehouse? <laughs> like, yep, yep, I want my foot in the door. So, yeah. So, started in the warehouse at Avery. Cool. How yeah. far did you go at Avery? Like, all the way up to the brew deck and everything? Yeah. Yeah, it was um, packaging and then cellar and then um, up to the brew deck, yeah. Man. So, what did you learn at Avery? Brewing. I'm like, Are you looking you for probably took, You probably took, no, and I, I don't want dirt on Avery, I don't care. Uh, but, like, I'm sure you learned a lot about what you wanted to be as a brewery. Oh, a brewery. for sure, yeah. Like, did you ever see yourself wanting to be an Avery that is, you know, a lot of people that don't know. I mean, Avery's a huge brewery now. Right. I mean, yeah. they've gotten really big into packaging beer, and that that's a whole right. different level of brewery than, than a taproom-centered brewery like you have right now. Right, yeah. I mean, like, just as far as, like, the skills of brewing, I, I learned so much at Avery. Um, not just, like, the on-the-job training, which they're really good at, but they also paid for me to do the um, IBD um, training also. Like, they're, they're very focused on education, so um, very fortunate that that's where I landed and really learned a lot there. But to answer your question, um, 
I decided I wanted to leave Avery um, right when they were planning to move into the newer, bigger facility. Oh yeah. Um, I am more hands-on. I did not want to do a lot of automation or anything like that. So um, I did just inform them that um, when we move, I don't, I don't think I'm coming with. And so at that point, that's when I moved into uh, um, elevation. Um, but yeah, so what I learned at Avery was, you know, I was on a 40 barrel system and I'm like, I want to go smaller, I go to a 15. And then, you know, I, I learned quite a bit of different skills there. And I thought, you know, I want to go smaller. Yeah. And what so, do you do here? Well, I actually worked at um, Bathtub Row Brewing in New Mexico. It's a three and a half barrel system. Okay. Oh, wow. So, like so I went real small. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I went down there and I feel like I learned a lot there. And then at that point I was like, all right, I'm, I'm prepared. I know exactly where we want to land. You found so, your sweet spot? Yeah. So we got you know, our seven barrel system. We've got some 15s. It's fermenters. Yeah. Right. And then elevation was even another level. Like in between the two. Right, yeah, that was right in the middle, yeah. yeah. And still a little different. Than, I mean, they package, but at a different level than Avery does. Right. For sure. But yeah. Is that something that you guys look to do at some point as packaging or like for distribution? Or is it more you want to keep it on the... We won't rule that out. Yeah. But um, we really like... Um, having this taproom atmosphere because it's something that like you know it's it's like our clubhouse you know mm -hmm. we want you to drink our beer with us and have good conversation you know once we start going distro so much of the control is out of our hands and you know it there's so much more demand on us to meet contracts and everything you know we're trying to mostly focus on what we can be creative with we listen directly to our consumers when we're in here and this is just kind of the model that we wanted to do. It doesn't make, it didn't, it made great sense on paper until January 2020. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I was just going to say, did, did surviving through COVID like change your thinking on that at all or, or shape it a little bit to like maybe we should have a little bit of packaging because there were tons and tons of taproom breweries that all of a sudden mm -hmm. started canning or bottling or something during COVID because they just what had, else do? you had to, or you were at least filling crowlers or growlers and stuff because otherwise you're, you're just shut down and you're bear spoiling. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that really changed our mind. We haven't, you know, moved into that other than just right. doing our crowlers, but it's something that it could be on the radar for us, but we're still in our, Terrible twos almost. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're still baby. We'll get there. <laughs> I think you've done a pretty good job stuff. of figuring out your identity so far though. Okay. What's your favorite beer to brew? Oh my gosh. I was supposed to think about this because this is the same question I get every single time. I know, that's why you're and not supposed to ask shit like that, Kenny. And I'm not saying what's your favorite beer because yeah. it that's like picking your kid. But right. like brewing's sometimes yeah. different depending on the some beers are funky to brew and some are just pretty straightforward. Oh, you mean with like having some fun with it? Yeah. Kind of what's your, yeah. What's a fun beer for you to, to brew that you just, and it can be for whatever reason. Because that's like somebody asking us what's our favorite brewery. Like, uh, uh, no. Right. But if I brew like home brewing, we've brewed a lot of different beers home brewing and it's like, we've brewed an amber beer, a fat tire clone. It's like, okay, well, I can do that. I can do that. Okay. But it's brewing like, an amber beer. But or we brewed like a porter that we were brewing at a state park in Arkansas. We used the hot spring water. Oh yeah. That you can get off 
off these fountains in town. It's spring mm -hmm. water, potable like spring water up out of the ground. We yeah. used that water. We we roasted pecans to put in it. We when we were brewing, we were at a state park, and I noticed fresh pine needles had just kind of grown fairly recently. I grabbed some pine needles and put that in as a, like my last second hop edition. Nice. And it worked really well. So was, and that was fun. That's a way of saying that was fun. kind of favorite beer. Now you it. don't get to do that probably. You probably don't walk out the back door, but maybe you forge, I don't know, whatever. So, um, we, uh, um, I'll tell you my, probably my favorite beer to brew, but before that, um, we do our um, beer that we do with spruce tips in. Mm -hmm. um, we're super proud of that, that we do that every fall-ish. I've had and, that beer and I love yeah, it. The bristle cone. And, um, yes, last bristle. year I didn't join, but Jason went in and harvested all of those spruce tips. Okay. I don't know how many pounds, but it was just so delicious. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I remember that. Beer. See, that's the cool shit that you can do right. here. Yeah, and that, right. that was fun, just go, going up in the, in the forest and snipping spruce tips for a couple hours. And, Knowing yeah. that that's going to turn into a delicious beer, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. that's fun because then you have a story to tell about the right. beer too. You know, more than like, yes, it's cool because it's got the flavors, right. but then to have that story of like, we and especially with locals because you're like, we walked up on whatever mountain and da 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 this yeah. trail, and they're like, oh yeah. <laughs> but I would say like definitely my probably what I enjoy brewing the most is is our rustic farmhouses. Um, oh, yeah. Just because we try to vary so much with those, you know. I'm farm. bowing down to you because, oh my God, I love like farmhouse sales and sales yeah. and all that. And there's so many times you go to places and they just don't brew them anywhere. Right. And I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's it's kind of a, a encompassing word, farmhouse, right? So, mm -hmm. so it mm -hmm. gives me a lot of room to play with. And so every time we make something a little bit different and we call it rustic, quote unquote, um, just because we take... Um, about 30% of it and um, barrel age it. And then about a year later, we'll take that barrel and put it in another farmhouse. So like the barrels are always changing and the recipes are vastly changing. So that's that's what always keeping me going. It's like every every farmhouse we're doing is new and you know, whatever Brett character is expressed through this or something else through that. Um, that's, it's, it's always like an adventure. Oh, yeah. Like it looks good on paper, but then I'm like, I'm going to taste this. And then I know it's going to taste like this coming out of stainless. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And out of a barrel, it's like, right. you never know. Right. And, and it can change from month to month. Right. And, yeah. and you, maybe it's not the best idea because I'm always really concerned with contamination and stuff in this brewery. But um, right. so far, everything's been going really good for us. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I would imagine you have to be pretty uh, on top of trying to keep the separation between them as best you can and but then bacteria is bacteria yeah. right yeah, we do the best we can in this old diesel mechanic shop <laughs> that's okay. what this was originally well i want to ask that too okay. i also want to get to jason too and ask about your passion but since you brought up the building tell us more about the building guys or whoever like because you were like in the carpentry too and you helped do some more with the building to revamp it into what it is now yeah um, both of us um worked in here every day we um we kind of you know, as soon as we finished doing it, working on the business model, we kind of came up with the floor plan and everything, knew what we wanted, um, went to the architect and said, this is what we want. She just took our little pencil drawings <laughs> and turned them into <laughs> blue ink drawings. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and stamped it with our architect stamp. Stamped it. And then said, here you go. And we're like, we want. Yeah. So. Yeah. You created this space. I love the brick and like the garage door that can open and 
like both of them looking up out on S Mountain out here. Like it's a gorgeous space. Because oh, well, the first time we came in here is like right after you guys opened in summer 2020. We were one of those statistics that everybody showed up into Slida yeah, yeah. in summer 2020. Well, all right. So I want to hear your story. Where did your passion for beer come from, Jason? And this is Jason. Okay, sorry. Um, Don't I drop I me? Dropped. I know what I'm talking about. Jason. I thought you were leaving the name out again. <laughs> Rolling. So yeah, I mean, I, you know, spent my 20s in Boulder and was a couple blocks away from Mountain Sun. Hung out there a lot, nice. and then you know started drinking at Avery and at Upslope and all the all of them that popped up. And then in Denver, they all the craft breweries started popping up, and I would just love to go visit them and see what people were making. Um, so that was kind of my where my passion for craft beer came mm -hmm. about. Um, and then, as Nick mentioned, he and I were roommates for a while, and that was when he was starting to brew. Um, my background is in accounting and finance, so. It's a I, match made in heaven. I had, a, I had a handful of friends that, <laughs> were, we that were into, you know, either home brewing or had started working at breweries and people talked about wanting to open their own brewery and Nick had talked about that and he's, he's the one that um, actually followed through with that and asked me to be his business partner. So I was all in. It was something that I thought would be a really fun way to like pro progress in my career. I had been working for architecture firms and advertising agencies, and those are fun, but when you get to mix a passion with your job, it's you don't get better than that. No. No regrets on mixing your passion with your job yet? Yeah, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Hopefully never. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. So you didn't have any beer industry background before this, even, even in the accounting field? Yep, correct. Okay. Cool. But you probably brought a pretty good, I would imagine, Nick, that he brought a good skill set to the table as far as what you needed to open a brewery too. 100%, yeah. Um, we definitely know our, our, our strong points and our weak points and try to try to complement each other in that regard. How is it working together, like, like you're working together as business partners and still staying friends? That's great. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I think the, the fact that we lived together for a couple years in, a in like a 900 square foot apartment proved to each of our, each of us that were compatible, yeah, as right. people that can work closely together and still be friends. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that was like the test period. But then, you know, the year and a half that we spent building out this place, we worked side by side almost every day. Mm -hmm. Oh, and we had was, fun, didn't we? Oh, we had fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's, what kind of what kind of fun here? There's some no, stories I, I can see. I want. It's, it's just like. <laughs> You know, every obstacle that would show up, you know, oh, us not gosh. being actual experts at anything that we're doing, but, you know, just having the drive and passion to get it done somehow and make it the right way. Sometimes we just, like, sigh and look at each other and be like, hey, we're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> How, let's Google this. How do we figure this out? <laughs> you, there's got to be a YouTube video on this, right? <laughs> People ask us a decent amount of time because we live and work together in a 24-foot RV, and they're like, well, you guys still like each other, and how are you doing yeah, this? Because, you know, you're, first of all, you're like spouses, a spouse, like partners, yeah. like that way, and then all of a sudden now you're trying to figure out how to actually work together 24-7 too? Yeah. When you're five feet apart <laughs> most of the day. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it's not hard when you like the person. I do have a question, though. So where did you, so when you were building, you didn't have your beer yet. So where did you guys go at the end of the day when you're like, screw it, we're done. We just need to go have a drink. Where was your, what was your go-to around? Or did you, did you have a go-to? Not really. No. A lot of times the couch. 
Yeah, <laughs> go home. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard work. We've put in long hours here too. Yeah, so, you probably ended up at 11, 12 o'clock at night. Uh, right. Very I mean, frequently. We I would, uh, we'd often just grab a six pack and mm-hmm. bring it back here, drink it, and just stare at the day's progress and be like, oh, shit, we got a lot more tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to bed. <laughs> so what are the plans for Trace Litos moving forward? We're ready to be fully open this, this year. Last year, we the first half of the year, we still weren't at full capacity. Yeah, um, We built this stage over here in our tap room because we both love live music and mm-hmm. we love hosting live music and we didn't get to start doing that until the middle of the summer last year. And we kind of just like slowly put our toe in the water on that. Um, right. But now we're really stoked for this summer to try to have live music almost every weekend. And it's so fun. People in this town love live music, and they come out for it, and sales spike, and fun spikes, and we're excited for that this summer. Nice. Um, Longer term plans. Yeah, I mean, we'd love to keep growing. We love how the community here in Salida has really embraced us in this little downtown spot, but, you know, we're thinking maybe in the future we'd like to um, expand to maybe another little downtown spot, some sort of mountain town very close by. We're, we've had a lot of a lot of people ask us to um, get beer closer to them. So yeah, you know, we don't have any like any concrete plans, but you know, it's something that we'd like to do. And so you know, that kind of follows up on your uh, your distribution question. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if we can just distribute tap rooms, maybe we'll do better. There you go. We're we're not jumping into anything right now, but you know. We would love to grow, um, but you know, responsibly. Coolest experience around beer you've ever seen? That's like, a big like, question. <laughs> Let me think, April. <laughs> <laughs> Should have sent some of these questions out ahead no. of time. Holy yeah, crap! Geez. No, <laughs> that's a Let big me one. Sleep on that one. Was that one, Katie? Like a really cool experience around beer? Like just. I mean, stumbling across Father John's Brewery in in this little town in Ohio. That we find, we look, we're looking for breweries, and there's a brewery, and then we get over there, and it's like looks like a church, and we're, it was a church, cool, and it was a failing church, a church that they bought, and then yeah, there's they still hold services upstairs. They turn the basement into a brewery, but then you go down into the brewery, and there's like Hindu stuff, and there's yeah. you know just all the different religions of the world are. And so the <laughs> owner the like traveled and collected everything, and so like there's actually a still working church. Up above, it's an actual chapel and everything, and down below is the brewery. And then we met these, uh, this couple, and we're just yelling across the aisle because we're just talking. And they're like, "You guys should just come over here." So then we started talking, and they're like, "What are you doing tonight?" And we're like, "Well, we don't know. We have to go back to stay somewhere." Like, "Well, you should just park in our driveway because there's an event tomorrow. And we want to invite you." And the event tomorrow night, so we did park in the driveway. But the event happened to be like you get to taste their brand new beer that was just coming out of the barrel, out of a skull, in this like dungeon like room <laughs> in, in a church. church. Basement. It was a fake school, but like, still. There were like, cool. what, 12, 15 people? Yeah. So they invite like their, their like true hardcore regulars, and then these guys got us invited to it and somehow. Well, it was really cool. This, is, much pre, power, this is pre-pandemic, <laughs> so hopefully it comes back to something like this. So like, the, literally the skull that he had, this 
skull that was the symbolism of the whole thing was like you have the new beer here and that skull gets passed around where everybody takes a drink out of it oh, yeah. before you get your own glass of the beer. Like that's a communal <laughs> skull. Yeah. The communal <laughs> skull. Yeah, it felt and very Viking-like. Honestly, though, <laughs> I don't yeah. know why. It just when I asked me. that question, I really wasn't even thinking about that event, so I really wasn't trying to tell that story. <laughs> but no, I just asked the question. Yeah. But those are fun things yeah. that happen just from going to different places and breweries and talking. Just because it was know, beer. And, you know, some some are just fun things that yeah. people have we've been invited to brew with yeah. people. And, so, I don't know. Top that. Shit. I don't think <laughs> that's all that was going through my head the whole time you're telling that story. I'm like, I can't top that. I don't have the answer to this question. I cannot I thought you were going to say you stole my story. <laughs> that's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> I was sitting there and brewing this, you know, big tweak or something at Avery and then we started drinking beer out of a skull (laughs) (laughs) you know some of those gold label beers you could end up doing a lot of weird stuff after drinking those yeah for sure because they're big (laughs) one one really fun experience that was also very recently was we got to pour at Winter Wondergrass which is a music festival in Steamboat Springs, that is also a beer festival. Um, And I've attended this festival, I think four times previous to this year, and have always thought it would be really cool to pour beer at it. Now that I own a brewery, I emailed them like four times last fall, saying we want to pour beer at it. And we got the invite to pour beer at it, and we went to it, and it was a lot of fun because we got to, you know, meet a bunch of people, get in front of a lot of new people that had never even heard of us and people loved their beer and then we got to you know just go watch music the rest of the day so that was a lot of fun and you know beer was kind of the catalyst to get us there that's really cool though i love those stories like that Uh we we started a brewery so we can go to bluegrass festivals (laughs) (laughs) one day hopefully we'll get to go to blues and brews someday you know, one day I'm like, we're going to talk to brewers and brewery owners about that, and that's going to be their answer. We started a brewery just so we could go to these places. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was for the big paycheck. <laughs> oh, right. I thought that's why you did it, because the rock star lifestyle. Oh, yeah, that's rock star. So it's not a rock star lifestyle. It's a bluegrass lifestyle. <laughs> Beer just does that. Right, and that's, that's definitely something that we wanted to, to foster in this environment. It's just good, rich conversation, you yeah. know? Oh, good, yeah. cool things happen when people sit around a beer. All right, unless you have anything else to say, I think it's a cheers. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Nick said it, and we've said it again and again, so there's no reason to say it except for one more time. Cool things happen around a beer, and we've always said that. But anyhow, we, we understand that. However, what they also said beforehand was something that's gotten me intrigued, because as much as I'm loving the mountain and the snow, and holy shit, we had a powder day the other day. <laughs> it was freaking awesome. Damn. Free refills all day long. Yeah. And you, you powder hounds out there know what I'm saying. Anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> but they did mention like live music in the summer. And yeah. I'm just kind of starting to feel that jonesing for like, let's get to the summertime again. Let's get to the music again. Let's and get. And the brew fest. And the brew there's fest a, there's again. There's an awesome brew fest here in the middle of summer in July. It's Brewers, really cool. Brewers brew. Rendezvous. Yeah. That's coming up that's in July. That's a great July. brew fest here. Um, in actually. In the before, city park. Before that, in Denver, it's also Collab Fest on April 2nd. So that's, that's up there as well. So, like, the, all these things, I mean, you know, GABF is coming back in, in yeah, September, October in Denver. Lots of stuff is All these little brew back. fests. But and, I am excited for the summer and, like, more hardcore mountain biking again. And 
you know, like here in Salida, it's crazy. Like the mountain biking is amazing, but then there's all the rafting and people paddleboarding the river here. And uh, it's just like all kinds of crazy good stuff going on. But Yeah, and on that note too, if you haven't heard us talking about it, I can't recall if we've talked about it or not yet, but we're heading back to Montana. And so we're looking forward to like <laughs> summer on the lake for a little bit again. Yeah. Probably more spring because it'll be there spring and summer. But like the paddleboarding and, and just like that Kayaking. warm, the warm sunshine um swimsuits and i don't know go hike glacier again it's it's that time where i say just give me a chance to complain about the heat (laughs) (laughs) that's it yeah happens every year trust me yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i will complain about it and that's why i do love the change of seasons yeah i'm pretty sure you'll hear about it on the podcast one or two one or two it's fucking hot (laughs) just like my baby Ooh, baby (laughs) <laughs> okay. Anyhow, what should they do? If you just leave us a review, you know, um, subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends. That's the biggest thing. If you could share it with people that you think might like the podcast, that really helps us a lot. And if you're so inclined to help keep the podcast going with a little bias a beer donation, we have a little bias a beer button on our um, podcast page on the website. And with that, I think we are going to cheers out with you guys and get back out on the snow. On the snow. And then we've earned our turns with Trace Litros. We need three liters of beer, man. Three liters, baby. Cheers to three liters. Cheers. Cheers to earning your turns. Peace out. We'd love to hear from you, so keep the conversation going. Send us a note, share a beer recommendation or two, or just say hey. This Stout Conversation has been brought to you by livingastoutlife.com, where you can find community and resources for all your craft beer travel and adventure lifestyle needs.